February 19th. And now, as we look into the New Testament, our reading today will be from the book of Mark, chapter 3, verse 31. And we'll go through chapter 4, verse 25. We'll read about receiving God's Word. Even when we read the Bible or hear the Bible, we should really hear the voice of God speaking to our hearts. It must be personal. Never treat the Bible like any other book. Jesus gives us three admonitions. He warns us to take heed that we hear, what we hear, and how we hear. See, the more of the word we receive, in other words, not just hear, but the more of the word that goes into our hearts and that we share and becomes life to us, the more God will give to us. Well, let's read all about it right now here in the New Testament. February 19th, Mark chapter 3, verse 31, through chapter 4, verse 25. Jesus' mother and brothers arrived at the house where he was teaching. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, These are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. There was such a large crowd along the shore that he got into a boat and sat down and spoke from there. He began to teach the people by telling many stories, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The plant sprang up quickly, but it soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seed fell among thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades, so that it produced no grain. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil and produced a crop that was thirty, sixty, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Then he said, Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him, What do your stories mean? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secret about the kingdom of God, but I am using these stories to conceal everything about it from outsiders, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. They see what I do, but they don't perceive its meaning. They hear my words, but they don't understand. So they will not turn from their sins and be forgiven. But if you can't understand the story, how will you understand all the others I am going to tell? The farmer I talked about is the one who brings God's message to others. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the message, but then Satan comes at once and takes it away from them. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep.
At first, they get along fine. But they wilt as soon as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe the word. The thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for nice things, so no crop is produced. But the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's message and produce a huge harvest, thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed to shut out the light? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. Everything that is now hidden or secret will eventually be brought to light. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. And be sure to pay attention to what you hear. The more you do this, the more you will understand, and even more besides. To those who are open to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But to those who are not listening, even what they have will be taken away from them. Hello, my name is Kyle Puffenbarger. I'm 55 years old. I was born in uh, Panama City, Florida, uh, October 1st, 1963. I have a sister named Sonia. She's my older sister. Uh, we were both born at Tyndall Naval Air Force Base. Um, my father uh, was killed on a motorcycle. Uh, my mother and my sister and I, we... Uh, we moved back to Ohio. Uh, you know, all my relatives are from Ohio. Um, we uh, my, we struggled, you know, um, with um, moving around from uh, place to place. Uh, I had a few stepfathers, um, you know. I uh, I've dealt with um, mental, physical, you know, abuse throughout. Um, I um, I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, uh, I kept it in. Um, I held it in, you know, I was afraid to tell people, you know, what was going on with me. Uh, I mean, I had a happy childhood, you know, for the most part, but there were, uh, there were a lot of times that, uh, you know, unsure, you know, unsure where I was going to, we were living or, uh, what, you know, what the next thing our mom was going to, you know, have for us or how place to live. Um, we, uh, I graduated high school, uh, Miami Trace, 1982. Um, I had, you know. A lot of acquaintances in school um, have, uh, you know, um, had had some good times in my life. You know, uh, I got to graduate high school, and um, you know, that's at eighteen. I uh, experienced my first, uh, you know, stint in uh, with the law enforcement, and uh, and then uh, you know, it's uh, I've uh, had a problem with addiction for the past, you know, on and off for the past thirty eight years. I've been. Uh, in and out of uh, uh, rehabs, you know, uh, 15 days, 30 days. Uh, I've been to the um, uh, in-house ones three times I know of, and uh, uh, intensive outpatient I've done a couple times. Um, you know, I, I I tried to soak it all in, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really a very short time uh, for being, you know, dealing with addiction for that many years for just like 30 days. You know, it's it's certainly not enough time for, for most people. Uh, definitely not me. Um, <clears throat> so uh, 
I was actually at my home, uh, and uh, I had gotten to where, you know, I wasn't living. I was just existing, afraid to go outside, afraid to deal with people, didn't want to take phone calls. Uh, basically, I had shut everyone out, you know, including myself. Um, I just, uh, I didn't know which way to turn. Um, I had people trying to help me, but I didn't really know, you know, I just wasn't allowing them to. Um, my daughter, Kelsey Ford, she came along and she, uh, she told me about the refuge and, uh, you know, God has spoke to her and, uh, got me in here at the refuge. Um, I'm now, uh, three weeks into phase one. Um, I'm getting ready to phase, uh, go over to phase two, uh, here today, Monday, uh, February the 18th. Um, I, um, uh, I, uh, um, I've learned a lot in three weeks. I, uh, I mean, look, when I was out there, I had no structure, no, uh, no accountability. I was, you know, just doing my thing and, 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 you know. I come in here in the first week, and I have to honestly say I didn't know what to expect. I uh, it was a it was an eye opener for me. I uh, I just came in not knowing what to to, to expect from the people, and uh, I've uh, actually I found a family here. You know, uh, with God's help, uh, and you know, all praise to Him because uh, He opened my eyes up to something new uh, that I've never experienced. And um, I've, I've, uh, I hope to, uh, you know, I got a lot of friendship here and just companionship and fellowship with men that, that deal with the same struggles that I've dealt with, you know, in the past. And uh, so I know I'm getting ready to fa uh, go to phase two. I'm excited about it, you know, uh, my anticipation's high. Uh, and uh, I just want to say for the, uh, the new guys coming in that, uh, you know, just keep your minds and your hearts open to this it's a wonderful experience um I, I i'm my my heart and my mind i just uh you know i crave it now i just um you know i, I hope that you guys just open your eyes to everything that you can uh, be taught here and uh please just let it sink in and and uh that uh, god's there for you you know just have to accept him and uh i uh just want to uh just want to say that i hope uh, everyone that uh, that comes in here, just like I said, just just let things go about the way they're supposed. God meant for them to be, and that you become the men that God meant for you to be. And with that, uh, God bless you all. Psalm thirty-seven, verses twelve through twenty-nine. We have been reading about trusting in the Lord, delighting in the Lord, and committing our ways to the Lord, in order that we can rest in the Lord. And next, here in this passage of Scripture today, we'll learn what it means to wait on the Lord. His timing is perfect. I know it doesn't seem so many times in our lives when something seems very important to us and we fervently pray about it, ask God to respond in a certain way, and it just doesn't uh, seem to happen. That's because His ways and His timing are usually quite different from our own. Uh, the reason so many of us don't really know the will of God is because we're so busy and intent on uh, letting our wills be known to God and asking Him to actually bless uh, what we've already planned. In other words, we do spend an inordinate amount of time, many Christians do, asking God to submit to our will. And when He doesn't do it, we end up getting mad at God. Well, this is just the opposite of what a true believer does. A true believer trusts the Lord, 
uh, delights in the Lord, commits uh, his or her ways to the Lord, and then uh, that believer can actually rest in the Lord and wait on the Lord. Well, let me ask you a question. For what are you waiting? Well, the inheritance God has for you. You see, the wicked have only temporary pleasure on earth, but God's people have eternal treasure in heaven. Let your will become His will. You will one day receive your inheritance. That's a promise, so be patient and wait on the Lord. Psalm 37, verses 12 through 29. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for He sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. But they will be stabbed through the heart with their own swords, and their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and possess much. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive a reward that lasts forever. They will survive through hard times. Even in famine they will have more than enough. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those blessed by the Lord will inherit the land, but those cursed by Him will die. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly forsaken, nor seen their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. Turn from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice, and He will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will perish. The godly will inherit the land and will live there forever. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. A wise youth works hard all summer. A youth who sleeps away the hour of opportunity brings shame.